child, pay attention. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Listen carefully to my words. Proverbs was written or collected by Solomon as a gift to his son, imparting instruction and wisdom to him. And throughout the book of Proverbs, Solomon personifies two attributes to help us see how they play out in our lives. And in personifying these attributes, he gives them a feminine voice. Ladies, he calls them. Lady wisdom is the voice of knowledge and understanding. Lady wisdom is the voice that tells us about the things of God and the things of the world and the way things that work in the world and covers a vast amount of information about how money works and about how relationships work, about how anger, depression works, about how work works. Lady wisdom is the voice of understanding that leads to a path of life that is, leads to joy, prosperity, security, significance, success. The other voice is Lady Folly, a malvolent seductress who will lead you down a path of death and destruction. I have to acknowledge to our 21st century senses. Lady Folly, in giving her a feminine voice, sounds a whole lot like blaming women's, women for men's indiscretions. And it's even probably been used to support that belief that when men mess up, it's women's fault. And there's no doubt that men do stupid things because of women. Is there? But folly is an equal opportunity attribute. It is imparted by both men and women, and it is practiced by both men and women. So while it might seem offensive in our 21st century senses, and I, I recognize that. I want us not to throw out the wisdom that Solomon is, is giving us with the bathwater, so to speak, the baby with the bathwater. Personification is a literary tool, and Solomon is using it to impart knowledge and understanding and to warn us, caution us against foolishness and destruction. And what he says about these two ladies, these two voices, is they are making a lot of noise. Proverbs chapter 9, the lady folly is brash. 
She was ignorant and doesn't know it. She sits in her doorway on the heights overlooking the city. She calls out to people going by who are minding their own business. Come in with me. She urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment, she says, stolen water is refreshing. Food eaten in secret tastes the best. Brash, ignorant, doesn't know it, shouting in the city streets. There is a lot of noise in our world. If you listen to the news, if you have a phone and social media apps, entertainment, politics, where we hear voices, messages that are all about self-provision, self-protection, self-pleasure, selfishness, noise about things going on in the world and how that's playing out and what that means for us. And it doesn't mean good things. If you follow a lot of the news that we see, we, we hear stories about what other people are doing in their lives compared to what we're doing in our lives. And if only we did this or only if we had that, then we could have a better life. Noise. Lady Wisdom also has a voice. And Solomon says that Lady Wisdom is not quiet either. We might think so. But she's speaking. Out in the open, Wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out at the city gate to make her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will you mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts in you, I will make known to you my teachings. Two voices, Lady Folly, Lady Wisdom, both are crying out. Who wins? Whose voices get heard? And what voice do we follow? Stories win the war for our attention. Our brains like stories because they have the ability to cut through the distraction by appealing to our senses and to our emotions. They capture our attention more easily and they keep our attention longer and they make a more lasting impact. When we see or hear a story, one neurosurgeon says, the neurons in our brain fire in the same patterns as the speakers, a process known as neurocoupling. The motor and sensory cortices and the frontal cortex of our brain are all engaged. Now, I have no idea what that means, but it sounds really, really important, and it comes from a really, really smart person, and this much I get, right? He is talking about the fact that stories have a way of engaging all of our brain. And stories that capture our attention also win the war for our affections and our allegiance. Like when we hear a story and it catches our attention and we're drawn into that story, we're highly likely to pledge our allegiance to the message that we're receiving in that story. 
I used to love this idea. I used to think it was really, really cool because all you got to do is tell great stories and you can lead people on the path that leads to life. I used to love it until I realized this. It's a double-edged sword. That it's the same thing that our ideologues are using now. Our politicians, our cultural and intellectual leaders. Using story to capture our attention and to win our allegiance to maintain power. Terrorists and tyrants use story to promote their causes and to recruit their followers. Social media designers use algorithms to show us the stories that will capture our attention and draw us into their drama and with that keep us connected over and over, continuing to look at our phones. Here's the thing about stories. They're powerful. And they're not all true. And even the not true ones are also very powerful. See, the thing is, Folly, Lady Folly, she tells a very compelling short story. Some of the best short stories. Solomon says that Folly's stories are sweeter than honey. Smoother than oil. Folly tells great short stories. Wisdom's long suit is telling us the rest of the story. Folly tells us the story of how great it will be to buy it now and have it and to enjoy it. Wisdom tells us the story of how much it will cost us when we have to pay for it later. Folly tells us the tale of a night that you will never forget. And wisdom adds to that the part of the story that we may one day wish for all the world that we could forget. Folly knew that he was trouble when he walked in. So wisdom kicked him right out the door. Folly tells great short stories. Wisdom tells us the rest of the stories. And so Solomon says to his son, pay attention, pay careful attention to who is talking. Proverbs 23, listen to your father who gave you life. Do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth. Do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. Listen to the people who love you. Listen to the people who care about you. Not all of us have mothers and fathers who are with us to speak truth into our lives now. Not all of us have had mothers and fathers who were wise. Some of us need spiritual parents to be those voices of wisdom and reason and understanding. 
pay attention. Turn your ear to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach. For it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips. Pay attention to who is talking and who you're listening to and pay attention to what they are saying. Listen, for I, wisdom, have trustworthy sayings to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. Are my lips detest wickedness? Wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Solomon says, the way of the fool seems right to them, but a wise person listens to advice. If you pay careful attention, right, the way of the fool seems right to them. The way of the righteous, the wise person, also seems right to them. What separates them is that the wise person will not just take what they believe in their own mind, will actually turn to a wise person and say, help me understand this. They will seek wisdom. They will seek counsel. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Who can speak into your life and tell you things that you may or may not want to hear? But you will because you know that they have wisdom. Because you know that in your story there have been people of truth. There have been people who have been there for you and walked with you through the good and the bad. Listen carefully. Now listen means different things in different contexts, right? We don't always mean the same thing when we say listen or when we say that we are listening to somebody. There was been times in my life when people were giving me advice or counsel or wisdom. And I was taking, I was listening to what they were saying, but I didn't agree. I didn't do what they said that they thought that I should do. And they say, you're not listening to me. I'm like, yes, I am listening to you. I just am choosing a different path than what you're telling me. Maybe they were right, maybe they were wrong. Sometimes they were right, sometimes they were wrong. But I was listening. I opened with a distracted driving video. And it was not just a public service announcement, but it is a public service announcement because I almost got hit like six times this week running because people who are like, so don't run me over, please. And I'll try not to run you over. Everyone with a driver's license has heard that, right? It's impossible to not know how dangerous it is to text and drive. And I think most people who do it even know that it's true. They don't argue, say, no, I, you know, it's not a problem. It's, we just think that it'll be okay this time. That it won't happen to me. People know it. And it's wisdom. We even know that it's wisdom. We know that it's truth. But people aren't doing it. The word that 
Solomon uses when he says, listen carefully. Literally translated is to, it's like, it's to stretch out, to, to be stretched out over this truth in front of it, to be inclined towards it, to attend to it, to heed it, even to bow to it. This isn't, hear what I'm saying. This is comply with what I'm calling you to do. Comply with what you hear. And it's the hardest kind of listening, isn't it? When someone is telling us something that we need to know and we really don't want to hear it and we really need to do it and we really don't want to do it. Solomon says, don't lose sight of this wisdom. Don't set them aside for a second. Don't ignore them. Don't depart from them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Let them sink in. Let them soak in. And he says, the stakes are high. Listen carefully to my words, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Life, healing, restoration, folly, on the other hand, in the end, is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. Life and death are on the table when we're talking about wisdom and about folly. We're in the season of Lent. And in the season of Lent, introduced last week, we're remembering what it is that Jesus did. In this season that we prepare for the commemorance of Jesus' suffering and death on the cross for the atonement, for the covering of our sins, and look forward to the celebration of the resurrection and the life that we are offered through Jesus Christ. We remember what Jesus did. And we remember why he did it. What he did, John summons this way. He says, the word became flesh. The word. What do words do? Words speak. The living word of God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's what Jesus did. Why did he do it? Jesus said, after his parables, and people are confused and trying to understand what he meant, he says, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. He's quoting the prophet Isaiah. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with the, their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Jesus came, he says, because of our sin and our pain and our shame. Our hearts have become calloused, and we're really, really hard of hearing. So God came near. The living word became flesh and made his dwelling among us to speak the way and the truth and the life into our lives. 
we remember what Jesus did, remember why he did it, and as we're stretched out before that truth, we repent of our part. Like Jesus didn't just die for the world. He didn't just die for everybody. It wasn't just their sins. It's my sin. What's my part? Where am I not listening? Where am I turning my back, ignoring? Where's my heart hard and calloused? Blessed are your eyes because they hear and your ears, your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Blessed are you when you turn your eyes towards me and you open your ears to me again. And as we hear the truth of God's word and encounter the living word in Jesus Christ, recentering our lives again on that truth and reallocating our resources to spiritual habits that help us hold on to it, that keep us in front of it, that allow it to soak into us and wash over us. And so, as I close today, I have, again, three questions I would like for you to reallocate some of your time this week to. Right? Lent is recentering and reallocating our time to stretch, our, stretch ourselves out to and heed to God's word and his truth. Three questions. Well, the first one's a three-part question, but still three questions. Who am I listening to? What is the noise that's coming into my life? Your news feed? Your social media feed? What your dad told you or a teacher told you 30 years ago but still echoes in your brain as being the, def def the defining characteristic of you? Who are you listening to? What story are they telling you? And what's the rest of that story? Right? The story that you believe, the story that we live in, is the story that drives our decisions, our choices, the things that we say, the things that we do. What story is that? Second question, how does that story line up with God's story? A story of a God who created an amazing world. A God who loves you. A God who, even though the world is in chaos because the nations rage and are saber-rattling their nuclear weapons, God is still on the throne. That's his story. How does your story, the story you're believing, the story you're hearing, the story you're listening to, how does that line up with God's story? God's story is telling us the truth about who we are and about the world that we live in and about where this story is and about where this story is going. Third question. What is one word God has spoken into your life? Whether it's through a song that we sing, and when you sing those words, it touches your heart, brings tears to your eyes. It's telling you something about you, and it's telling you something about God. 
or it's a message that you heard, uh, a word that you heard in a sermon, or it's from a t- quiet time and a, and a time when God was opened up the word in a way that you understood in ways that you haven't before or part of the skies and you saw. What is one word that God has spoken into your life? Just one. And listen to that word. Repeat it. Rehearse it. Every day this week. Let that word soak over you, penetrate into your heart, envelop you in God's truth and in God's story. Lord, I pray right now as we come to the conclusion of this message, I just want to pause for a second and invite your spirit to bring to mind, to our hearts, what that word is, that time, that message, that song, that conversation, that revelation, that inspiration. What is the word that you would have us Soak in this week. Lord, your word leads to life. And the world screams messages that are folly. May we hear the truth. May we recognize it as the truth. May we submit to it as the truth. And may we know a life of abundance because your truth is the way and is the life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.